This is the cutting edge of sexual evolution. We're your hosts, Victoria and Lauren, and this is the New Paradigm Intimacy Podcast. Allow your body to vibrate and receive the activations from leaders around the world, bringing through pioneering approaches to sex, business, and relating. Ah. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the new Paradigm Intimacy podcast. Today I am with the lovely Dimitri. He is an incredible man that I met last week. He works with men on pornography addiction and sex addiction. He overcame his own pornography and sex addiction back in 2017 and he's built this incredible modality to help people um, work through these addictions and create a, a sex positive experience in their life. So um, I hand over to you, Dimitri. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit, share with us a bit about your journey and how you found yourself here? For sure. Thank you, Victoria. So I grew up in France, near Paris, uh, where I studied fundamental physics. In 2011, I flew to Sydney to start my PhD in astronomy and astrophysics at Macquarie University, when I graduated in 2014. And after that, my fiance and I, Carolyn, started a few uh, business ventures of our own. I also started my coaching practice back then, and it's really only last year or the beginning of this year that I decided to create a movement to help men with pornography addiction. So this, this whole, this whole CV that I just gave you happened. So you know, it's not in my CV is that I was addicted to pornography for 17 years and a sex addict for 15 years. So that's something I had mm -hmm. to, to live through. And eventually um, came a point where I decided enough is enough. I have to heal myself. And because I did not have access to psychotherapy or similar tools to support me or not the resources to do that as a broad PhD student, I devised a method that made sense for me. And this has been proven to be successful for me. And it's now a method I teach with my clients as well. Amazing. So I'd love to hear what was like the, like the crux, the moment when you were like, this is enough. Like I cannot live like this anymore. You know, if this went on for 17 years, like what was that like for you? And what was that moment of like waking up? Yes. So I, <clears throat> I cultivated as active a sex life as I could have in my time in France and Australia. And after a fair amount of healing, I came to meet my current fiance, Caroline, six years ago. And we lived in our van together. We had a beautiful start of the story. And, and, and on that time, because I felt so connected to her, I was off pornography. And I didn't feel the need to consume pornography. And three years after we were in a relationship, and uh, um, I guess there was some dissatisfaction in my life, and 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 the, the this first curtain of magic of the first you know six months year of the relationship had um, stopped hiding the void in my heart of, of who mm -hmm. I was. Uh, then I went back to consume pornography, and, and I was secretive, and I was hiding, and. And it was, I didn't do it as, as an act of love for myself. I did it as an act of love for Caroline. I was like, well, this is fucked. I don't want to have this in my relationship. This pornography thing is coming in the way now. I have a proof of life. Why would I do that? And so that's when I decided that I have to take things in my own hands and, and find a way to heal that's, that's adequate for me. Mm. And were you aware that you were an addict for the whole 17 years? Or was this something that you just started to understand when you had that awakening or perhaps it, like earlier on? 
So the day I labeled myself a sex addict was one of the most beautiful days of my life because I realized that it's not that I was, I was creepy, that I was weird, that I was strange, that I was misunderstood. Is that, hey, I've got that thing that's called sexuality and, and part of it is, is a compulsive component. And so I could put uh, a finger on what was the, the problem I was having. And so that relieved me from a lot of the stigma that I was suffering from of, of being misunderstood. And then I realized that, hey, there's this box of sex addiction that I can open it when the time is right to heal it or I can just you know, play with it when the time's right and that's what it is. Um, so there's been, um, there's been one event in particular, which I'm happy to, to go through if we have the time, of a particular fetish BDSM party where I had an encounter that changed my life and, and brought me to instant ego death where I realized, wow, I have a problem and I need to heal that because I'm too vulnerable. Uh, and that was that was the time when this was a a red flag of like you cannot keep going your life this way. Hold the microphone up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you had a red flag, Shep. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, so I was um, that was my first encounter with the fetish scene. I was going to a it's not a munch. It's not a sex party either. Something in between socializing party at the Hellfire in Sydney which is a monthly uh, BDSM event, the fetish event. I'm not, not sure if it's still running or not. And uh, I went there with all my innocence uh, as a sex addict and, and willing to make connections and sexual encounters. And, and I did. Um, at, after a little while, um, there was a, a very cute, beautiful woman who came to see me and she said that she was a sub and her, um, her mistress was going to come later and they'd love to meet me. And I was thrilled because I was definitely into, uh, I had a fixation on, on lesbian sex in, in pornography. And I was thrilled to have maybe my first encounter with a couple of women and, and go through that. And, and I met them both and we had a bit of a play, which was awesome. And, and we had this, this good connection happening and I was thrilled. And a month passed and I was in, in connection with, I called the, I called the mistress A and the sub B. And, and then I had a few encounters with the, the mistress as well out of that. And then I sent a really, really egotic, dumb, stupid message, and I'm glad I did, to, to B, to the sub. And I said, hey, you know, I'm kind of having a play with your mistress and I'm having a good time. And so uh, this is what's happening. I don't know why I did. It was like sheer ego and pride of being engaged in that relationship. Mm. And she, that wasn't fit life. And she, she replied in a way that was so touching because it was so vulnerable and honest. And she was like all things out. And she's like, you're not coming into this relationship. You're not invited and fuck off. And by the way, who are you? And you suck and goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, and after that, I didn't think much of it. And I went back to the hellfire the next month to, to meet these girls again. And, and then they decided that there's nothing was going to happen. And so I was chasing them through the party and they would just reject me. And at some point I was just next to them and they were turning their back to me. And I said, well, come on, what's up? And I just tapped their shoulder and B, the sub, just went, oh, come on, stop it. In a very sensual and mind-fucking way. And I felt like an absolute rejection, which brought me straight back to when I was four-year-old in the playground. And I was mm-hmm. looking for probably validation from, from, from uh, women and friends at the time too. And that completely shattered me. And I ruined the whole evening and I 
was completely upset for a whole week. And that's when I realized that, wow, people have the power. It's just a movement of the shoulder to crush me emotionally. I cannot let that happen. And that was the beginning of the, the journey of healing. Mm, wow. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. It's really powerful. You can feel the, you know, like the moments of, you know, just complete vulnerability and the, just the, the, how that can just shape us as humans. And, you know, it's so, it, it's so interesting because I feel like so many people can relate to that part of the story, you know, this, this uh, you know, the vulnerability we feel in our rejection. And I'm not sure that it ever goes away. We just have more and more awareness of it. You know, so I think that's really beautiful to, um, to bring that into the light. Um, so I'm curious then, uh, you had these moments of awakening, you had this like, okay, I want to feel empowered, you know, in this, uh, in my sexual expression, I want to feel empowered in um, how I relate to people. Um, what do you, yeah, my question is around, um, you know, that you spoke about going back to when you were four years old, like the drivers that then, then move in towards sex addiction and pornography addiction. Like, how do we come from, you know, the rejection that we feel when we we're a child into these particular addictions that we have as an adult? Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So that's, um, that's the, 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 the developmental processes that we start with the rejection or the, the trauma or the need that's not met yeah. originally. And then it builds up into an addiction that has a lived experience. You start with addiction and then you dig out and you go back to this uh, trauma or, or whatever episode was traumatic and got fixated on. So basically, um, addiction comes from the ground of, of lack of connection. It's something we hear a lot, addiction comes from a lack of connection. And I feel like saying it comes from a lack of connection to self. Uh, you can be surrounded mm -hmm. with awesome people all the time, but you're just masking the, the pain that's within you. And, and this lack of connection to self comes from a place of, of hurt and repression. And so this, all this repression that we've undergone and rejection is stored through the shadow that is the unconscious part of our brain where uh, all the repressed stuff has been stored. And ultimately, this shadow is like a wounded child that wants to speak, but every time they speak, they get slapped in the face because they're not allowed to speak in public. Mm. And, so, uh, and so the shadow is creating attention and is creating to be heard, but it's not being heard. And so it will come out uninvited uh, as a pulsion and emotion, uh, some dark, some darkness inside us mm. that, that just is compulsively wants to be heard. And this is what's happening with addiction to pornography. You're creating this content because your shadow wants to be heard. And the shadow has found in pornography a beautiful outlet. Um, if you think about the ritual of consuming pornography, like as an all addicts have a ritual. So for addiction to pornography uh, and not, not, a, not a ritual in the, in the spiritual way, but a ritual in like things you do uh, over and over again. So, you know, for me, it would have been closing the door off my bedroom, make sure no one's there, make sure everybody's asleep, and then look at, go onto my favorite websites and this and that. It can be any, any spectrum of actions to prepare for, for that. And, and when you do that ritual, you're inviting the shadow to come out, like if you've been triggered, and compulsive watch pornography, you've kind of been holding this back maybe for a few hours, and you know the shadow is knocking at the door louder and louder, and then you come home, and then, then you allow the shadow to come out. And, and it is healthy for the shadow to come out. Unfortunately, with pornography, the shadow is being fed more repression and more fantasies, and so because the shadow is allowed to contemplate other shadows in pornography, because pornography is an expression of the shadow, that's what defines pornography, in my understanding and in my terms, um, then it feels empowered. But then 
it, it is not being healed. And that's the, the big mistake here is that we, we think that while we watch pornography, we, the shadow is satisfied because it is being heard, but it's also being fed. And it's being fed shadows from other people as well. It's being fed fantasies that you never had in the first place, that then your shadow is going to assimilate and make their own because that's a new thing that they can get into. So um, once you understand that the, the part of you that is consuming pornography is the shadow, there's, there should be a lot of a sense of freedom that comes with it because paradoxically, there's nothing you can do about it apart from shadow work. And, and, and healing from pornography addiction comes from shadow work. Any conscious desire to heal is not going to address that. Um, if you have a mild addiction, the sheer desire and willpower will work. If you have a strong addiction, there's nothing you can do about it. And no amount of guilt or decision-making or blocking apps will, uh, will help you get out of that, but from reprocessing the shadow, reintegrating mm. the shadow. Yeah, and how do you create love for that shadow? Like, how do you start to see that shadow in a different way so that you can bring it close and start to relate to it? Thank you, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's one of the, the, the first actions you could do that is so emblematic. People will, will come to see me and say, ah, oh, you know, I'm watching pornography. Oh, I'm watching porn. I say pornography. I'm watching pornography and, um, you know, I'm just feeling so much guilt and so much shame. And so then I explain them, well, you know, this part of you that is watching pornography is called the shadow. It's unconscious. It's all the repression that's happened in your life. It is very powerful. There's not much you can do about the shadow, but to listen to it. And it doesn't mean to listen to what it tells you to do, but literally to listen to it. The shadow wants to be heard. The shadow has a message for you. And the reason why it comes back at the door every time is because it has a message to deliver. And until that message is delivered, it will not, uh, it will not let you free. So, so, and people tend to, to guilt themselves and judge themselves because there's the lack of understanding that as a body, we share several mind entities in our mind. There's the inner child, the seat of our emotions, the inner parents, the seat of morality, there's our inner spirits, the seat of consciousness and existence. Um, and all these entities cohabit in us. And so we must understand that our, these entities borrow our body to speak, to speak from our body, but they're, they're, don't agree all the time and and there's not one person only inside inside of us uh, we feel a one when these entities are at peace with themselves and we can borrow these entities to communicate but if they're in conflict there will be some distress and so and so instead of repressing that shadow more and being like oh i don't want to watch porn ever again and i hate this part of myself it's like well no this part is called the shadow maybe you can give it a name why not and the name of my shadow was chris wales uh, it's another funny story I can tell. And, and, you know, you can talk to this shadow and you can, you can invite the shadow to come forward and say, hey, you know, I see that you're hurt. I see that you have a message for, for me. What is that message? You can talk to your shadow and, it's, you know, uh, when you engage in pornography, you can talk to your shadow and say, okay, I see that you want to consume pornography, so I will allow you to consume pornography. And as you do that, you become the observer of your shadow in the same way that when you meditate, you become the observer of the self. Uh, you can become the observer of your shadow and, and, and observe its behavior. And if you're so inclined, analyze its behavior. Um, so, and, and then you can send it a message of love instead of repressing it even more. You can just even have a, either a dialogue or it can be um, self-pleasuring in a way that is shadowy or, or just being generally interested in, in the message. The only thing the shadow wants is to be heard. So what if you lend an ear and 
and to try to understand what the shadow is trying to say in whichever modality that comes across. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I really, um, you know, what I'm hearing is this, like this, uh, the shadow as well, the way that I see it, it's like, all oh, the shadow always has gold as well. You know, there's always information, there's always pieces. And it's just like, um, you know, allowing all these parts of you to come closer to you. It's like building intimacy with them. And this is really what self-pleasure creates as well, is that ability to create intimacy with the, with the parts of us that are right here. And, you know, when we're talking about these parts of us, it's just like, recognizing as well that we're all like in this collective you know what i mean and like i think one of the experiences i've had with my clients is that when they're working um through these things is i think that they're the only person that's going through them i think that they're the only person that's actually has this this shadow and that you know everyone else is functioning and they've got this this shadow it's like this shadow is emerging from the the collective itself you know it's a part of our society and it's a part of every of the oneness of everything so it's just like when we create the space to resolve it within ourselves, we're actually clearing it for, for the collective as well. So I think it's just like that experience of realizing that, you know, when we be with those parts of ourselves, we're actually um, creating space for, for other people to be with that. In the same way as you have, you know, you've gone through this, these addictions and you've come out the other side and, you know, your ability to work with those is actually allowing a lot of other people to have that experience of, of being out, finding ways to work with them as well. So I just really want to like actually thank you as well for, coming out and speaking to these, these, um, you know, powerful things that are actually happening in your life. Um, and I think that's a major reason why a lot of these shadows start to emerge is because they are shut down. You know, we see sexuality pushed to the, to the outskirts of society so often, and we're not allowed to talk about it and it's taboo and it's wrong. And we create judgments and all these things. And often that's why these, um, shadows start to emerge in the space of sexuality. Like what I think is really important for us to share as well is like, you know, there's a there's a an understanding when people experience sex and porn addiction that um you know the thing itself is poison and it's really about extracting um you know the ability to realize that like it's the relationship that we're having to the sex or the relationship we're having to the pornography that is creating the um experience that it's unhealthy not necessarily the pornography or the sex so just you know just to uh, share a little bit about what you think is the yeah, how do we start to rebuild that relationship with sex and, and with pornography from a place that is healthy? Yes, thank you. And, and, and I also want to thank you for, um, for, for seeing that in me, that, that message of healing and, and mm -hmm. you know, um, understanding the shadow and, and integrating the shadow is it's pretty much as the only one message I, I would like to share is just the message of, hey, you know what, we have a shadow and it can be healed. And really, that's mm -hmm. all I want to share. And this is, this is what I'm here today. And I thank you for seeing that in me. Um, yes, there, there's a variety of ways to reintegrate a, a healthy sexuality from a place of pornography addiction or, or from a place of shadow. Um, one would be to, um, well, the first, the first step is to really distinctly, well, first is to understand the difference between erotica and pornography. And, and to me, the mm -hmm. difference, you've never heard someone say they have an addiction to erotica, um, but you hear a lot mm -hmm. of people saying they have an addiction to pornography. So, so, mm -hmm. so the fact the addiction comes from the, the shadow that is being repressed and that wants to speak. So the first thing to do is to move away from pornography and to beat the compulsion, or I don't like to see it as a, as a battle, but to allow the compulsion to dissolve. And the way you do that is by changing your experience with pornography. If you think about it as an addict, you will always make the experience better and better every time. You want the experience to be 100% awesome every time. And because uh, you build desensitization 
intolerance with time, you're actually going to make, without realizing it, the experience 100 times, 110, 200% better every time. So you're being pushed into these extremes of desensitization, which leads to erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation and all these issues. And also uh, you're escalating into the extreme of your fantasies, which is certainly something that happened to me. So the first thing is to, is to beat the compulsion and move away from pornography by altering the experience that you're having with pornography and basically making it less satisfying. It's not about deprivating yourself from access, deprivating your access to pornography. It's about making the experience less awesome. And once the brain records that, you know, that pornography thing used to be awesome and now it's not so good anymore, it will be less triggered and compelled to consume pornography and be willing to do other things like going out in the park and go for a workout and meditate. So that's the, that's the first step. And it takes some time. It took me six months to, to do that. And, and what I did is that I basically took my favorite six keywords and I removed one keyword per month. So I reduced my searches and I made the, the searches less relevant for me. And then after a while, I was like, well, this is boring. Like, this is just people making love. It's not what my shadow is interested in. And so goodbye pornography. And that's, that's the method that I use. And that's the method that I teach. Um, that's the first step to move away from pornography. Uh, from there, there's, there's, a, there's a whole spectrum. But um, one, one healthy thing, the second thing is then to reprocess the, the trauma that's compelling the, or that's calling upon the, the obsessional fantasy, if there is an obsessional fantasy. So, so tracking, tracking where the fixation happened, and, and it will very much be a single event that will generate a fixation. Um, but then there can be several layers on the kick and have several, several memories or traumatic events that have created the shape of the compulsion and addiction. But most of the time, it's a single event that will lead to uh, the fantasy being fixated and to reprocess that, that fantasy or that, uh, that trauma, which is also the method I teach. And finally, another bit would be the embodiment part, and it is to uh, embody that fantasy. It's just to recreate that fantasy in a consensual way and to um, and just to implement it. So connecting within consenting partners or within sex positive communities and, and coming from a place of what I call the magic circle, which is like, hey, you know, I've got that thing that's really in my heart that my shadow really wants to do. How do you feel about exploring that? And you know, maybe it's also my pleasure to, to get back in return and, and explore something that you'd like to explore and offer myself to you in that way. So that is also uh, something that I encourage to do, provided it's possible, legal, and consensual. Mm, beautiful. I love that. It's like you're just bringing it out of uh, it being wrong or guilty, and it's like being actually being able to voice it and have that conversation. What a massive, beautiful step to take. It's like very powerful. Hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, I feel that that's like answers a lot of questions really they I, I feel like the exciting part is is like this conversation of how do we bring things out of the shadow how do we start to relate to them which is a lot about what we do in the self-pleasure practice as well um yeah so if anybody does want to um you know has they feel that like they need some support in this area and they want to chat more to you about like how to work through sex or porn addiction where can they find you yes so uh they're welcome to go on to my website the accomplished man and um and leave their details there for me to, to recontact them if they're willing. Otherwise, I have created a community, um, which is a Facebook group called The Accomplished Man. 
as well. Uh, the name of the group is The Accomplishment. I quit pornography. You're welcome to join this group at your leisure. If all this feels a little too intimidating, you're welcome to come and chat to me on Facebook. My name is Dimitri Dusha, and um, I will be happy to have a conversation with you on that media. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for everything you've shared today, and I'm excited to hear more from you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Victoria. Thanks for listening to today's Eargasmic episode. Remember to subscribe and leave a review letting us know how this landed in your body. The Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy is now open for August intake. If you feel the pull to become a conscious, integrated sexuality leader, apply through the show notes.